You're listening to Hot Takes with Brittany and Travis. Damn, these takes are hot. How? Hey everyone, welcome back to Hot Takes. Today we have Molly Harper with us. So Molly graduated from the University of Lethbridge with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, as well as her Master's in Counseling Psychology. Molly is currently a registered psychologist and has spent the majority of her career working with youths and their families within school settings, as well as working with private practices. Molly is a mother to one-year-old twin boys, as well as one husband. So the reason we have Molly on the cast today is because she said yes to every date for a year. So in your own words, Molly, can you tell us kind of how you came to this decision? Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of a funny story that evolved from a, a good long stretch of saying no to a bunch of things. Um, so just to give you some context, I guess. So my yes year started following a long-term breakup. So we were, I was in a relationship for quite some time and, you know, I did everything post breakup that everybody in their twenties does. I did tons of venting to friends. I did lots of soul searching. I spent a ton of time alone and, and truthfully when it ended, I just wanted to be by myself. So I, I spent a, a good stretch of time saying no to pretty much everything that I just didn't want to do. Uh, and that left me with such a great stretch of time where I only did what I wanted. Um, and I felt really empowered by that. Uh, and I think when I was leading up to my yes year, I was starting to build kind of a life that I wanted. Um, and I spent just a lot of time with myself. And I was getting to this point where I thought, you know what, I think maybe I, I do know how to set this boundary for myself. I know how to say no now. I think maybe I need to start saying yes. Um, so that's sort of how it started. So it, it budded from a whole good stretch of learning how to say a healthy no to literally everything that I didn't want to do. Uh, and I also gave no reason for that either. I just said no to stuff and I left it at that. And I was quite surprised by, I guess, how many people didn't inquire further. <laughs> so that 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 pushed me to just continue to set that boundary. So that's how my yes year started. Um, but it didn't quite start just with saying yes to every single date. That's that was sort of sort of the end of the yes year. So what I started with, um, yeah, I, I guess what I started with was just saying yes to any opportunity that came across my sort of horizon. So uh, during my no period, I, I learned about what some of my values were. So I knew leading up to my yes year what I really, really wanted from life. Um, and I also, through my soul searching, I just sort of realized that I'm just not really somebody who comes up with a lot of ideas. I, I'm not really an instigator. And that's okay. Um, really what I am about more is being 100% in with what somebody else wants to do. And because I was used to not, um, I guess what I was used to at this point was just saying no to things I didn't want to do. So I was already involved with stuff I wanted. Um, but I thought maybe I needed to really lean into that quality of just not being an instigator. So I thought I would see if I could profit off of it. And I, I just said yes to any opportunity that somebody offered me that I thought would help me experience some new opportunities. So yes, it definitely led to me saying yes to a whole bunch of setups, which were, you know, like pretty much a dumpster fire of my life, but <laughs> don't regret it at all. Um, before I, I realized I should probably say yes to some dates, I said yes to all kinds of things. I mean, I, I said yes to promotions. I said yes to traveling. I said yes to um, all kinds of different things. So, so at that point and, and now actually I really value physical activity. So during that period, I, I said yes to every single opportunity that would 
allow me to get more active. So I said yes to every tournament invitation. I said yes to every um, play up game. So that year I played over a hundred soccer games just because I was offered them. So I, I picked up a whole bunch of different sports. I said yes to every workout, every hike. Um, and in doing that, I expanded my social life too, because of course I valued that connection. So I, I said yes to every beer opportunity after a, a game. I said yes to every, um, you know, chance to go eat out. I had all kinds of friends that would say, you know, do you want to, do you want to share this with me at a restaurant? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Do you want to drink? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, (laughs) I was in incredible shape, but I also spent a ton of money at restaurants because I was just saying yes to everything. And I mean, that was awesome. It, It really did help me kind of get out there, uh, with myself. So post breakup getting out there, but also just discovering you know, what saying yes to different opportunities could lead for me. Um, and then when I realized, so up to this point, I, I was really actively trying to stay single. <laughs> um, I liked being by myself. Um, I liked, you know, not telling people where I was going or what I was doing. I really answered to no one. I mean, uh, there were tons of times where I just didn't even have my phone on me. It was so empowering and, and awesome. Um, But then I thought, you know what, like, I'm already getting out there and I'm not going on any dates. (laughs) I've been single for a good stretch of time at that point. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just say yes to the next blind date somebody suggests. And I don't know about you guys, but like I occasionally I would have friends say things to me like, oh, you know what, like, I've got a friend for you. Um, We I should set you up. And I think most of the time people don't actually mean that. They're just sort of, you know, saying something awkward to or trying to address an awkward situation with like the only single person in the room. Um, and so <laughs> I I just sort of started saying, yeah, OK, yeah, sure. And watching them get really uncomfortable. Um, and then I thought, well, this could be <laughs> this could be really an interesting opportunity for me. Um, and then I should have really stopped there at the first person because then people started picking up on this idea that I was saying yes to set up. So, um, yeah, I got set up on some like horrible, horrible dates. Uh, and some were, some were still fun, but, but a lot of them were just horrific. Uh, don't regret it at all, but yeah. So that, that was kind of how my yes year began and, yeah, I, I would say despite all the weirdness that it created for me, it was totally worth it. So t- to put a little bit of context around that, most males that had a yes year to say yes to every date they receive would be going on zero dates regardless. So <laughs> I'm thinking like, yeah, I had a yes year as well last year. It would have just been zero. So how many people do you actually think you went on a date with during your yes year? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, like, I'd say probably maybe seven or or eight. Um, and those were they; those would be just people that I hadn't met before. There were some repeat dates in there for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think I said yes to about seven or eight different setups. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. I cannot imagine. I've never been set up. So like, I cannot imagine the anticipation. You're like, totally prior to this, I hadn't either. And I mean, it's kind of an interesting psychological experience because I mean, I really wasn't into this online dating thing. It was just so not for me. And I felt like I was outgoing enough that and approachable enough that if somebody I met wanted to ask me out, they probably could. Um, and, and during my yesterday, I asked out other people too. Like I, it was again, anything that I could, you know, profit off of an opportunity. So I, and I, you know, received lots of rejections during that period too. So I do like, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't want to do online dating. So I thought, well, if somebody else sets me up, the pressure's kind of off of me to choose someone essentially out of a crowd, right? Or, or even worse, choosing somebody within a social circle that you 
are involved in. Um, there's so much extra awkwardness when it's somebody you know, right? So this was detached enough for me that, you know, it wouldn't be super uncomfortable socially, although that was just my assumption. It absolutely became <laughs> awkward in my more immediate social circle, for sure. Um, but yeah, so so it was detached enough that it felt safe, but close enough that it also felt safe. So it's not like I was meeting a random person off of the internet. Um, somebody I know that I trusted knew that person. So it, it was, in a sense, just sort of met my my needs for kind of getting out there and feeling okay about it. Um, yeah. And how did you find your capacity during the whole year? Because the more things you listed, like playing soccer 100 times a year is crazy. That's that's a lot of soccer that you're playing. And then all the other activities you mentioned. So did you find yourself just completely running on empty the whole time and, and struggling to find areas to fit more things in? Yeah, like, good question. So I, I was in grad school that year, too, and I was just wrapping it up. And to be honest, I was extremely busy. But, but the nice thing about it is I had really good balance. Um, when I was working, I was working. And when I was doing my studies, I was studying. And then all the other time that I could carve out, I was just really actively trying to do something to better myself. So, and that included sitting on the couch and like eating popcorn for dinner. It was really whatever I felt like, but the, the time in the day was already carved out for me to do that. So, I could see feeling overwhelmed, but because I knew that that time was there for me, I just kind of scheduled a lot and I scheduled a lot just for downtime and, and all this yes, year stuff went into that downtime and I still said no. So if there was anything that felt wrong to me or, or I was just too tired, it was just a no. And I didn't give any explanation. I just said no. And it was great. So no, I, I don't think I really felt that burnt out. Um, Definitely at the end of the dating stretch, I was for sure done with going on dates. <laughs> so I think that was the only area that really became emotionally taxing for me. The other stuff was just fun. And you had some pretty good success because you met your husband during this, this spell of, of many dates. So would you yeah. consider this an effective strategy? Would you recommend it to other people? So our story is kind of funny because I had, and it, this is just so cliche and kind of how everybody says it works out, but I had gone on so many dates and I was just so done. Um, and that is actually a really great place to be to meet people um, because you just don't care what they think about you. Uh, and we, we had met playing soccer. Um, he had, I needed players for, for my co-ed team that night. So he, he joined our team for a game and, you know, in my natural fashion after the game was done, I said like, does anybody want to go for beers? <laughs> and of course he was the only person that had said yes. And I thought, Oh crap. Now I'm in this awkward situation again with, <laughs> with another guy again. Um, so I had dragged a friend of mine with me and the whole time she was looking at me like, get me out of here. Like, I don't want to be sitting here. You guys have some weird chemistry. Like, <laughs> why don't you just go on a date? Uh, and it was kind of funny. Like he, he was, that was not a setup at all. Um, I was not looking for anything. I had just effectively decided that I was going to happily be single until I was 45. Uh, and I had come to that realization and, and yeah, it's kind of crappy, but you do, it's a really great place to meet people when you can get to that emotional state where you just don't care. Um, and it was great. So yeah, would I say it, it's an effective strategy? For sure. Were there lots of downsides to this? Yes, <laughs> like for, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it led to, you know, the next really great stretch of my life. And, and the nice part of this whole experience too, is if it didn't turn out that way, I probably would have been kind of okay with it. Cause again, I just didn't really care. So more experience for me led to just being more content, um, in my life. So whatever you choose, I think it's, it, it's worthwhile just even to get to that point where you don't care. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great too. Like kind of going back to 
what you were saying about like a lot of people view breakups and it's like this end of something, but like you've kind of like mm-hmm. spun it into like, it became this beginning of this like beautiful journey of like, um, like your own self-discovery, your own kind of empowerment and everything. And then that led you to this place where you're like, yeah, whatever. And then meeting that person to kind of keep building that empowerment with you. Like, I think that's so important because a lot of people just view that breakup as this is the mm-hmm. end. Oh my gosh. And stuff. So it's like being able to kind of spin it into this like growing point, I think is important for people to know. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've absolutely went through that too. Uh, breakups are just really hard, right? They're, there's something that forces you to really look at every aspect of yourself that you maybe didn't like. Um, and it's, it's just rough. Like that, that period is really rough and, and viewing it like a process or as a process really helps, uh, helps you get to that, that next stage of where you, you want to build on something or kind of emerge from the ashes. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is just really hard and it takes a bit to get there. And I will admit too, like I'm a psychologist at that point, I was spending tens of thousands of dollars to learn how to be a counselor. So I was spending a lot of my time doing really structured soul searching that I probably wouldn't have done if I wasn't in school at the same time. Um, and that's the difference, I guess, between the soul searching without you know, a counseling background or without going through it with a counselor, which of course I would recommend to you just because they, they're able to give you a bit of structure for that. Um, yeah, it definitely helped me. The timing of that was all kind of nice looking, looking in retrospect. It, it definitely was, was helpful. For sure. So what kind of structured soul searching would you be doing? Like you mentioned from the psychology angle, so yeah. could you just expand a little bit on that? Because I think that's really interesting to know how you could do that yourself. Yeah, for sure. So there's an, an activity called the value card sort. Um, and that's one that I, I mean, I do this in, in my work all the time because it's really awesome. You get, I think there's like 90 different cards and each little card, you can find these on the internet, by the way, you just Google value card sort and it comes up as a PDF. So there's about 90 different values listed on these cards. And the activity is taking a look at all of them and really considering all of them and just gathering them into piles. So you put one pile of things that you really value and you think are really, really important. And the next pile is like kind of important, but, you know, not not that I guess, on the forefront for you at that time. And then you make a pile of the ones that are definitely not important. Uh, and there's different ways you can do that. I think the way it's intended to be done is um, 10 cards in each. So your top 10, you're kind of like almost top 10 and then your your bottom 10. And those those can, those values can change at any point in your life. And and as you add more experience to your life, your values values are going to start to shift a little bit too. Um, but there's usually a handful that are quite permanent, no matter what sort of happens. So taking a look at them and then taking a look at them again after you've you know had some new experiences helps you find out which ones are a little bit more permanent. And then when it comes down to figuring out what you want in your life, so in the in the context of a breakup, it's, okay, what do I want from a partner? Or what do I want for my life right now, either with a partner or not with a partner? Um, you really get to carve out what you're looking for. So for me, I had my, you know, top 10, and they shifted a little bit through my yes year. But for the most part, the ones that were quite valuable to me just became even more valuable. And then when it came down to making decisions about what I wanted to use my time with or for, I would then say, okay, but I just really value that. Like I really value connection with other people. So when I'm sitting around feeling depressed about being single or whatever, I would think, well, this isn't in line with my values. So no wonder I'm uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Like I, this is the lack of connection. I, I need to be reaching out and it's not, not necessarily in a date because that was not really, <laughs> that didn't meet my need for connection. <laughs> that met my need for new experiences. But um, yeah, so I, I, that's just an example of something that, that anybody can do. It's kind of nice when you do it with somebody else because then they can, 
you know, say things to you like, yeah, I've really noticed that about you, or I'm surprised that you don't value this more, or just getting perspective from other people is always really good. Um, of course, I would recommend professional perspective, but but you don't need that either. Um, that activity is really fun to do by yourself too. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely done that at a few PDs for teachers. Yeah. They they love it. Like especially in regards to students, like what's most important for you to teach in your classroom and stuff. So Yeah, for sure. It's a good one. For sure. When you were talking about that, I definitely can really like post one of my worst breakups. I remember I got invited on a girls trip to Vegas and I was like going and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna go. Like I feel so sad and like lumpy. And then I remember my ex texted me and he's like, you're not allowed to go. And I was like, okay, am I going to be this sad, mopey person who like follows this? Or am I going to be like a fun go-getter who I want to be? And like, that's really when my like perspectives like shifted. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I want to be fun. I want to be fun, Brittany, not sad, Brittany. And so I went and then I ended up meeting Garth, who's my husband. So it worked out in my favor, the shifting of perspectives and kind of just like realizing like what's important and those values and everything. Yeah, for sure. And I think we all kind of do that, right? And it's just really hard to lose perspective when you feel like you're living through something that's shitty, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if it feels shitty because of who you think you are as a person, which it always comes up in relationships uh, and it just gets triggered. Right. And it's just, it's just kind of uncomfortable. Um, and like I said before, I, I really just wanted to be alone. I was so done with, you know, obligation, social obligations, um, relational obligation. I was just done. I was ready to kind of be by myself and not tell people what I was doing and not answer to anybody. And, you know, not look at my phone and not tell people what I was thinking. I was just ready to be introverted. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, and if you do reading about different psychological approaches, but especially the direction of mindfulness, which is a really big thing in in counseling and psychology in the last probably five or 10 years, um, they talk a lot about how it's really important to have those downs because without the down, you can't really define the up and that was a really big uh shift for me thinking like yeah you're right this whole thing has a purpose um and not not in a religious kind of way or a spiritual kind of way it's just even just psychologically like there would be no way for me to build an up if I didn't know what like rock bottom was and rock bottom for me was just like you know wearing my sweatpants and being miserable and and you know, living on my couch and just not going anywhere. Uh, but, but it's still really important, right? It, it is an important part of the process. Without that, I definitely wouldn't have felt the confidence that I had in going on a million dates that year. Like <laughs> that's, that's putting yourself willingly through the ringer. Um, mm. but still I, I did it with a certain level of confidence that I certainly wouldn't have had prior to, you know, being a couch person for so long (laughs) I know um I was gonna say like I remember post breakup everyone was like you need to get out there like go go go." and I remember like going on these days being like oh I don't really want to be here but I'll do it and they were just like the worst Mm -hmm. so (laughs) what were some examples of your kind of like most kind of like dates oh man okay so there's a lot of them <laughs> and I think one thing to, to mention too is how much I learned about how my friends viewed me through their setup um, so <laughs> let me just think here of some really good bad ones um, oh okay so <laughs> a close friend of mine had set me up with a guy who we had kind of chatted through text message for I don't know, a couple of days. And we had finally decided like, yeah, let's, uh, we'll go get some nachos um, on Saturday afternoon. So we had been texting and he, he was out and the timing just started kind of shifting a little bit. And I thought like, oh, okay, here we go. This is, you know, this is one of the reasons why this guy's probably single is really what I was thinking. <laughs> but trying not to be judgmental. I thought like, that's fine. 
he he said he would be in my neighborhood. So he's like, well, I'll just pop by and then like we can walk to, you know, somewhere to get some nachos. And I was like, yeah, great idea. Like I live in a good area for that. Let's, you know, meet up or whatever. Um, then he, he had called from the lobby and said that he was there. So I thought, like, oh, I fully expected, like, I'll meet you downstairs, like, outside or something. Um, and then he said, yeah, like, why don't I come up and I'll, you know, like, we can kind of chat there for a little bit before we go. And I thought, okay. Again, the yes year, I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> come on up. I mean, it's a Saturday afternoon. It's, like, safe, whatever. So he came up and he looked tired. Like I thought like this guy's been out and about all day. Um, so he sat down on the couch and he like after, uh, I don't even know, maybe half an hour. Uh, and of course I wasn't prepared for guests. So let's just state that I didn't have like anything to serve. I was fully prepared to go and like sit at a bar for an hour. Um, and yeah, so we, he sat on my couch and he fell asleep. And he had a nap <laughs> while I was standing there thinking like, okay, um, I'm glad you've, you know, made yourself so comfortable in, in my apartment. <laughs> um, are we going for nachos or like, what am I going to do here? Are you conscious? Like, is there something wrong? Do I need to call an ambulance? Like what is happening with you right now? Um, so <laughs> I wish I could say that was the end of me seeing that person, but I mean, he showed up at, uh, I don't know, a handful of social events after that. Eventually he woke up and I kind of looked at him and was like, so um, maybe we should pick a different time for <laughs> for nachos. Like maybe you'd like to go have, you know, your Saturday afternoon nap on your own couch. Um, yeah, just such a strange thing to do with somebody you don't really know uh, or just anybody really. It's just kind of weird just coming over and okay. having a nap. So that one was weird for sure. Um, let me think. I let my boss set me up with her son's snowboarding coach. Um, that one was, I mean, we went on a couple dates. There was really nothing there from the beginning. And I think we both sort of knew that. But again, I was like, well, I mean, it, it's not, it didn't, you know, it wasn't unsafe. It didn't make me feel like it was a waste of time necessarily. I thought like, okay, you like to go to some cool places. Um, I'm down for new experiences. Let's go somewhere. And we, you know, we had gone to a couple of bars and it was fun. Um, and then he just ghosted so hard and I had texted him just initially reaching out just to sort of establish, you know, where his head was at. Cause mine was like, mm, what are we going to tell, you know, this person that we both know <laughs> who keeps asking me about you. Um, so that was my original intention. He just did not reply. So he, he disappeared off the face of the planet until he <laughs> became just conveniently, um, he was working landscape for the organization that I work for. So he showed up on the property of my work. Actually, he rang the doorbell to be let in to use the bathroom. And I happened to be the person to let him in, which was like <laughs> horribly uncomfortable, mostly, I think, for him. <laughs> Um, again, I was in like a, a different confidence place. Uh, so I just sort of laughed it off, but I thought like, man, you are uncomfortable right now. Like, you know, that you, <laughs> that you were wrong. <laughs> like what you did was so wrong. Um, and that happened actually repeatedly. So every year now I have to, to run into him and witness his discomfort, um, with, <laughs> with not calling me back, which was extra great the last couple times because I was pregnant with twins. So he was looking at me, giving me the up down, thinking like, what the hell happened to you? Um, <laughs> since I last didn't text you back. So yeah, I mean, that, that was a good one too. It's just like a series of uncomfortable moments. Um, yeah, let me think here. Oh, okay. So, Another one that was brutal was I had a friend set me up with her roommate and they had lived together for like a number of years. So I thought, you know, this one's got to be decent. And I had, you know, met her for drinks and we were talking about this and I had told her about my yes year and we were talking about how great of an idea that was. And she said, you know, I've got this guy that I know and I'm, I'm not just suggesting it because of the yes year thing. Like I really think you're in a, 
you and, and this guy are like, have the same outlook on life. And I thought like, that's great. Let's, you know, let's set it up. So she did. Um, <laughs> God. So he, it seems like kind of okay, right? Like I, we had, you know, enough in common, I thought anyways. Um, he turned out to be a pathological liar. So that was, you know, extra fun for me. Um, but he, we had gone on a few dates and he, you know, invited me to an out of town wedding. And I thought like, well, okay. I mean, I don't know, Travis, like, do you think that's sort of a, a sign that maybe that person would be interested in you? I feel like you, <laughs> you wouldn't invite say. them to an out of town <laughs> wedding, <laughs> you know, if, if you weren't kind of, you know, interested in something more, I don't know. So anyways, we went to this wedding and I mean, there are so la- so many layers to the story, but I'll tell you, we were on our way there. He got pulled over. We hardly made it out of the city. And I thought like, oh, you weren't even speeding, I don't think. And then I, you know, the things that go through your head, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe it was like a construction zone or like, why would we be pulled over? So the cop comes up and he, you know, we rolls down the window and the police officer says to him, like, when was the last time you registered your vehicle? And then I thought, oh, like, I guess it is the beginning of a month. Like, maybe he just missed that. Like that, I mean, it, it happens to all kinds of people. It's probably not a big deal. Yeah, he he hadn't renewed his vehicle in two years. Um, so he was <laughs> driving a vehicle that should not have been on the road. Uh, so the police officer said, you know, like, I'm going to need to see your driver's license. Well, he didn't have one. So that was my, <laughs> that was the next thing. And I thought, like, there is some there's something wrong here. <laughs> what the hell are we going to do? Did it, did it turn out that he was 15? <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that would have been a really interesting turn of events. Um, I wish I could say that that was the outcome of this scenario. It wasn't. So on our way, we solved that whatever problem on our way to this wedding. He says to me, Oh, I forgot my phone. I'm like, Oh yeah. Along with like, I don't your know, license. details of your life yeah. you should probably share with the person. Right? Anyways, so we, <laughs> he said, can I log into Facebook on your phone? Because I need to get the location for like this accommodation because it's all on this like wedding page. So I'm like, yep, sure, whatever. Like, here you go. Um, didn't really think much about that. He didn't log himself out. And I didn't realize that until the night of the wedding when my phone started going off like crazy and I don't like even now I don't get a ton of notifications on my phone because I just turn them off um I really only get text messages but my phone was like going off the hook uh and looking and I was getting all these messenger (laughs) messages and they were through his account so there were all kinds of people sending him messages um and they were all women <laughs> and they were all women that appeared to believe that he was also dating them. So I'm like, Oh, this is an interesting <laughs> thing to happen now. Uh, and I'm stuck out here at this wedding with you. That's awesome. I mean, I, I met another single girl there and we had the greatest night of our lives and I've n- never seen her again. Um, so it was kind of like a Cinderella story of a different kind, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he anyways, so he he left himself logged in and it turned into this addiction of my my own and all of my girlfriends because we could not get ourselves to log out of this guy's Facebook page. We just kept reading his messages. <laughs> it was really quite disturbing. I mean, nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> but he was probably involved with eight or more other women and it was just crazy I think I think when we counted it we figured out it was like about eight or nine um but it was just crazy and there were details in there that I was like man I can't believe you sold that story to that girl and she believed you and I remember thinking this being so judgmental and then realizing I'm actually a part of that story (laughs) and I also bought into all of this nonsense so yeah that that one was probably the most intricate um in in its levels of awkward um yeah I I I also let my coach set me up um with you know this guy that he knew and we had all gone to a party so it was kind of like a group date but like kind of you know getting to know 
this person. Um, and he lived in a neighborhood really close to me. So leaving this party, he was like, you know what, I should walk you home. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, I'm, I'm good. But yeah, of course. So we get to my apartment building. And he said, you know, I really have to go to the bathroom. Do you mind if I come upstairs and use your washroom? And I'm thinking like, yeah, I, I can imagine where you think this is going. But yes, you can go to the bathroom in my apartment. So he he came upstairs and we were chatting and he left the bathroom door open and just peed in front of me <laughs> and continued to talk. And I was like, okay, so um, if this were a first date, which it kind of was, but I'm like, this is, what are you doing? Why why is that a thing that you, that you think is okay right now? <laughs> Um, and yeah, so that one was definitely very weird. Okay. I know like four other girls where that like same thing has happened to them where guys just like pee with the door open on like the first okay, date like, or something. And I'm like, is this like, what do they think they're going to accomplish with this? Like, I'm trying to like connect the dots here. Like so what's going on? I've been married two years now and my husband still does not pee in front of me with the door open like we occasionally the door will be open but mostly because we're supervising two children right like it's it's more of a like necessity for life but certainly not a like it's just a that is a weird thing to do I I don't really know why it seemed like such a strange thing (laughs) anyways yeah yeah, Travis can we get your hot take on that peeing with the door open just meeting someone (laughs) I think you got to ease them into it. Like after yes. you've had a couple naps on their couch, then it's okay to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to start peeing in front of them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, whatever, right? Like I, zero judgment there, but first date, no. <laughs> Seems a little soon. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little uncomfortable. I think I'm surprised <laughs> that there was a lack of awareness of how that might be perceived. <laughs> <laughs> So you said there were about seven or eight of these dates and you've already just off the top of your head listed off four that were awful. So it sounds like the majority of them (laughs) went, went pretty poorly. So with dating, did you find that you were getting better at the actual dating process towards the end of it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you get better at talking about yourself, which is, you know, innately uncomfortable. Um, you get better at, I, for me, it was a bit of a balance between racing through it because you're like, okay, I don't have a lot of faith in this process. <laughs> so a, a balance between racing through it and just trying to remain present and getting to know the person, um, which I think was easier for me to do because I wasn't super emotionally invested. And I think that's what people mean when they say you got to get yourself out there, which I hated hearing at that period of my life. I just hated hearing that. Um, because it seemed so impersonal, right? It's like, well, I don't really want to go on worthless dates. Like, that's not really what I'm interested in. Um, but I, I went into it with the intention of just to, you know, meet new people and, and have some new experiences in the direction of connection. And whether that was, you know, there was a potential to connect with somebody on some level or on some topic at the very least, right? Um, yeah, so I did definitely get better at it still didn't really like it. Like, it's not really that fun. Uh, I know there's lots of like my, my husband, for example, said he loved dating. I'm like, I don't know why. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like it really is. Um, but you do with, with more of those experiences, I did get definitely more confident with it. Um, I know in the beginning it was like, Oh, what should I wear? Like, I don't know what I should look like. And by the end of it, it was like, well, I mean, this kind of just is who I am. Um, so you either kind of like it or you don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by the time I had met my husband and we went on our first date, I mean, I was thinking about it all day leading up to it, but I wasn't nearly as nervous. Uh, and I think that is something to be to be noted out of this process. But yeah. And what did your husband think of your, because you obviously mentioned to him that you were on this yes year. Like, how did he respond to that when you first told him? So we we talked about this recently because I said, you know, I'm going to go on Brittany's podcast <laughs> and I'm going to talk about, you know, 
the yes year and and he was like oh my god please and I said well no like (laughs) when we had met and I talked to him about this he said to me you know so you you're a yes man and I'm like well I don't know if I'd call myself a yes man and he's like well I don't think you should ever call yourself a yes man because it means you have no boundaries and that you just do what other people want you have no opinions I'm like well that's not me (laughs) like at all Uh, I have tons of opinions and in fact I probably have more and share more than I should I should probably keep my mouth shut more often however I'm really just not that good at coming up with ideas of what to do. I'm never the first person to come up with a cool plan. Um, I, it, that's just not me. I wish I was like that, but maybe that's a confidence thing. Maybe it's just my personality. I'm just not really like that. Uh, but I'm, I'm a great teammate. I'll, I'll hop on all kinds of different plans. Of course, however, I learned how to say no before I did this. So I never did anything I wasn't comfortable with. Uh, like too uncomfortable with. I never did anything that, you know, impacted my values in a negative way. So in a sense, yeah, I'm a yes man, but not really. Um, I still have no problem saying no. <laughs> and I think that's a great skill of mine. I've had to learn how to do that. Uh, so he initially, he was like, I don't like that. I don't know why you're telling people you're a yes man. Like, why, why would you say that? <laughs> like, I'm not, I swear I'm not a yes man. Um, yeah, so he he did not want to know about it. And I learned that very early because uh, I was very proud of my, you know, self-discovery journey. And he did not want to know about that. And fair enough. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you do it in a strategic sense almost, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like you play it yeah. so your needs are fulfilled. You have to have your boundaries, right? Yeah, but you still have those boundaries. So, no, I definitely – I think too like dating history with like your significant other is also – it's always like – like especially it's if he's like – yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've learned this and I, <laughs> I – again – just not really my finest moments in life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I learned that and I didn't realize, I mean, I'm quite an accepting person. Um, so I really am totally okay with, you know, it, it is a part of my job, but it's a part of my personality too. Like not a lot of stuff shocks me and, and I'm happy to, to hear people's journeys, especially up to the point that I'm entering into it. I like to hear about that sort of thing and, and, you know, really process it. And again, not everybody is like that. And I fully recognize that I am a weird anomaly when it comes to that element of, you know, relationships. So I learned that people don't talk about that. So yeah, we, we learned that very early on in our relationship. <laughs> Glad we were able to move past it. But yeah, no, it's apparently it's a no-go topic. So that's, that's good to know. <laughs> that, that was definitely my immediate thought when I heard of this is that your husband was kind of the last one that you did, but no one really wants to hear about your dating history, let alone when it's compacted into the last couple of months. <laughs> For me, I thought, isn't this hilarious? Like, don't you want to know about all mm-hmm. these like awkward situations I've been in? And I clearly wouldn't tell you this if I thought, you know, this wasn't such a good place emotionally for us to be in um but yeah like i'm different i think um and being aware of the fact that that's not for everybody's probably really important uh, and i didn't share with the people i was on dates with that i was doing a yes year because again it doesn't really sound right unless you really understand the context of it and know that this is super intentional for my own learning and and development has nothing to do with you actually (laughs) right so yeah yeah it's he I had to say to him like okay so I'm going to talk about this like how comfortable are you with this and he just kind of looked at me like not really like well okay (laughs) fair enough (laughs) well I'm glad you didn't listen to him because it's super interesting to hear your take (laughs) yeah I mean I've never asked permission for anything but and and that's just not a part of our relationship but I definitely was like so you're okay with this right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh man yeah, I remember asking because, like, for myself, like, I was always in a relationship, like, always. So, like, I never had a lot of partners and I just, like, was not interested in dating or anything. And then, like, 
my husband's from England and like everyone hoes it up in England mm-hmm. <laughs> and finding out kind of like his history. I remember sitting there and being like, Oh my God, I'm feeling <laughs> I so just like, what? <laughs> so yeah, it definitely like, it's almost like the curiosity killed the cat kind of thing. You're like, Uh, and then find out and you're like "Mm, whoops did I really want to know that (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) yeah I can totally relate there so I don't know anything about about his side (laughs) which I'm totally okay with too you know like for me this wasn't about you know any sort of physical relationships at all it was Mm -hmm. way more about that connection piece um but again, you'd have to understand that and I'd have to have time to explain it. So there was <laughs> there was some, yeah, not a lot of people really understood that. And I know the guys I played sports with were like, oh, yeah, good for you and trying to high five me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> no, that is not what this is <laughs> like, at all. Stop high fiving me. This is not this is not what you guys consider like bro time. We're not talking about this in the locker room. This is not a thing that we do. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was, it's still interesting, right? Like it's, yeah, way more meaningful than, you know, some of that, those other sort of breakup stories that you hear where people have to, I, I, I've heard all kinds of different things like, oh, you have to have a rebound in order to get out of your, heartbreak or or find somebody you'll never find somebody else unless you have a rebound something that's meaningless and for me I just really resisted all of that and thought like that's it's just not me and at all again that's why there was no online dating because I'm like what's the point like I'm so dumb (laughs) I'm just not doing it um my husband loved it though you know so it's teach their own I think uh and and people can find each other with opposing sort of dating perspectives too. Uh, Cause we were very different when we, when we met in terms of dating, whereas I was like, let's talk about it. That's cool. I want to tell you about all these bad dates I went on that were so bad. Um, and dating was just not a thing that, that he wanted to talk about me with because he went on dates from people he met online and it didn't mean the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just a little different. It's a different take on it. So what is like, so the biggest takeaway, I guess you want kind of our audience to see is when you're out there kind of putting yourself out there, like it's more about like what internally kind of you're looking for and what need you're trying to fulfill Mm -hmm. versus like kind of what society or like other pressures are trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that type of soul searching, I think is so worth it and and finding opportunities to I guess finding ways to view opportunities and and ways to say yes to things um, that maybe you wouldn't have before or that you wouldn't have considered as an opportunity to better yourself or or whatever. Um, those kinds of series of events could really change your life. And again, I spent a lot of time studying this sort of thing. So I was doing it in real life and then learning about it. In, in my own sort of extracurricular time too. So there's a lot of research in that. And there's a ton of um, support, even in careers, in this whole concept of the strength of loose ties. And what that refers to is most people become successful in their lives in whatever direction they're going in. So whether that's relationships or, or career or whatever, they tend to be more successful through a connection that wasn't that tight. So most people tend to get offered jobs or, or get into a different business field or whatever, because someone they met at a grocery store, for example, took a chance on them. Now that's not a tight connection. That is not your dad getting you a job. That's not, you know, your, your, your friends setting you up with an interview or, or getting you in. Um, it tended to be the strength of the loose tie that got people through it. And that's a really cool thing to research. Um, but it's also valid with relationships too. And I think that was part of what I was going into this whole yes year with in my mind was I don't want to invest too much in something that 
you know, feels really certain because the strength of the loose tie is probably where I'm going to be most successful. So that's why I tried to, you know, seek out different opportunities, not something that I would typically look for. Um, yeah. So I didn't let my best friend set me up, for example. <laughs> um, and I, you know what, if she had, I think it would have been interesting to see her perspective too. Um, it probably not in a good way because most of my friends that set me up or people that set me up, I was super disappointed. <laughs> and I thought, do you really think that I would like that person? Like, no. <laughs> what do you think about me if you think that's a good person to go with? Um, but yeah, so I, I taking away or things to take away from this, good soul searching is definitely worth it. Finding opportunities to say yes to things definitely could change your life. Um, yeah. I think those would be the big takeaways. Mm -hmm. So one, one final question for you then, do you still have that guy's Facebook account open? <laughs> no. So I wish, and I had finally, my best friend gave me an intervention and said, I think it's time that we, <laughs> that we sign out and, and we remove cookies on your phone so that there's no chance that it's saved somewhere. And I thought, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so no i yeah that's gone <laughs> oh well thank you so much for being on the podcast molly and just to finish off after following travis's question we've just been kind of asking people what their hottest take is would you mind giving us your hot take Sure. So um, this one I'm actually stealing from my husband because I don't really have any hot takes. Um, but he, even on our first date or so, actually almost every day since meeting him, he has looked at me and said, nobody's interested in what you didn't do. And it's such a nice, I mean, usually it's it's used in a pressuring, peer pressure type of sense. Um, and in a way to sort of convince me to do something that I think is, you know, awkward. Um but it's true. Nobody's interested in what you didn't do. You don't start a conversation with, well, I didn't do that. Uh, and it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So I think if you're, if you're looking to change your life, nobody's interested in what you didn't do. That's awesome. That's a really good take. And it's, it's so accurate. You don't want to listen to anyone that is all talk. Like when I think of mm -hmm. the people that, that you really look up to, like I watched this video analyzing James Bond, for example, and, and why he's so cool is because he doesn't talk about anything, but he does everything. Yeah. Whereas when you're the opposite of that, when you only talk about things you don't do, that's like the lowest of the totem pole. <laughs> you, totally. No one wants to be around people that do things like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the phrase is multi usage, right? Like my husband will often after I've said, no, I don't want to take a shot he will look at me and say, nobody's interested in what you didn't do. <laughs> so it can be used for very deep concepts and it can be used for the most shallowest of peer pressure opportunities as well. <laughs> it's like an all-encompassing all hot yep. take. <laughs> Multi-use. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much again, Molly. It was, it was a pleasure interviewing you and uh, hopefully we'll get your husband on and get his take as well because <laughs> it sounds yeah, like luck. he has a different perspective. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs>